It is indeed Texas Money and Business. So good to have you here this afternoon on the show. I'm Ron Taylor. And as we uh, get together for this program here on KEXB, Experts in Business, it's good to have you along here. Doug Parker, your host for Ambitious Radio Network. We are underway. And Doug, it's good to see you, man. Ron, it is fantastic to see you as well, and always appreciate all that you do there, kind of behind the scenes, the Wizard of Oz, pushing all the buttons and making it happen. Uh, you got it. Yes, sir. Well, so, you know, t- today we're going to be talking to an entrepreneur and a leader in his own right, very um, experienced man that I've known for several years, and, you know, I'm just so so uh, blessed that we continue to be able to get these guys on the show and gals on the show to really share their experiences, and so uh, we hope that the listeners get a lot out of it as we interview uh, these very ambitious individuals. So uh, one of the things we're going to be doing today uh, is is interviewing um, Nicholas Owens with Magnolia Strategy Partners. Um, Nick is it's it's a bipartisan government affairs and corporate strategic advisory firm based in Washington D.C. But um, Nick, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? It's terrific to be here with you. Thank you. Well, man, hey, right back at you. But let, let me ask you this, Nick: What the heck does all that really mean? <laughs> uh, which part? The Magnolia Strategy Partners? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, well, you know, yeah, yeah the bipartisan. So we're, we're, Right. So we know in Washington uh, there's divided politics. Uh, sometimes it's divided within our own party. Uh, but we help companies and small businesses across the nation navigate the regulatory process and sometimes it's the legislative strategy process that they may have to find themselves engaged in uh, in D.C. So uh, we focus uh, a lot in the financial services sector, government contracting firms, as well as technology. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so let me ask you this. Let's say that you're doing your elevator pitch, and let, let's talk about that for just a minute. Give me your elevator pitch, 10 to 20 seconds. You just bumped into me. H- how would you approach a, a small business guy or an entrepreneur? Well, it's, it's a great point because everyone's different. Every situation uh, in life and in business is different. So certainly it has to be targeted uh, specifically uh, to your issue. Uh, but let's say you're faced with a regulatory enforcement action. Uh, you know, my capacity, I'm the former national ombudsman for the United States Small Business Administration, appointed by a president, uh, liaised on behalf of small businesses to over 40 federal agencies. We have relationships. Uh, we have uh, expertise on policy issues. So, you know, one of the key points when you find issues that you encounter with Washington, D.C., or with your local officials, you know, you want someone that has access. Uh, you want someone that can, can be influential and trusted but you ultimately want someone with knowledge. You need that expertise, and our team brings that to your specific challenge. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and you know, one, one of my favorite quotes that, that you've said before, and, and I've said it a million times, but it basically says that, um, you know, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. So um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I, I know what it feels like based upon some of the regulatory issues over the years with some of our businesses, but, but share with our listeners, you know, what, what that means in, in, in kind of in layman terms. Certainly. Well, certainly in the season of giving and gratitude, uh, you like to have be a part in Turkey, uh, but sometimes <laughs> we're not always uh, in, that, in that situation. Um, ultimately, you have to address the issues and be transparent about what the issue is and engage regulators, engage the government. Often a business does not want to be on the radar of a federal agency or a state agency or a local regulatory body. Uh, they want to stay away. It's better to have that seat at the table before they have you on the regulatory docket, before they're face, you're facing uh, enforcement fines. It could be legislation that could eradicate your business. So there's a number of areas where you have to have that seat at the table. You have to be engaged and be transparent. 
and you can go a long way, goes a long way with regulators. Yeah, you know, uh, several years ago, I was I was visiting with at the time a, a state representative for here in Texas, and you know, I was mentioning some of the things in business that that I felt like you know needed kind of some additional protections put in place for consumers. And we were at lunch, and it was just kind of a casual conversation. But as we were going through it, he was like, "Doug, it sounds like you're wanting additional regulation on on your industry." Because I've never really had anybody, you know, come to me and say that. And in that process, I was like, well, I feel like it's coming no matter what. So I'd rather, you know, kind of have a say in when what's going on and, and make sure that, that we've got a voice because in our industry, it was a, a relatively uh, immature industry. It didn't have a, a bunch of leaders and trade associations and such backing it. And, you know, the one thing that he really cautioned me on, he said, hey, be very careful um, about trying to get, you know, legislation, for instance, passed because the, the problem that you can run into is it goes in one way and then through an amendment it comes out totally different and you mentioned eradicate you know your business it, it could come out and really be a situation where you know it it actually puts you out of business so you got to make sure that you've got support on on both sides of the aisle and there's all kinds of things like that i know you mentioned the bipartisan you know kind of a, a nature of the business and you know it takes it takes everybody to to you know push something through or or to get something stopped sometimes so um, you know, with, with that being said, I know you spend a lot of time, you know, in DC now is, is your home, but, um, kind of what's, the, what's just the general mood of politics this time of year uh, around there? Well, you know, one thing that's great, it's the holiday season that cheers some folks up a lot. Uh, so we're, we're glad to wrap up the year in that regard, but I tell you, this presidential election, uh, is headstrong. It's, uh, uh going to be several, uh, bumpy ride. I mean, it, we're definitely in competitive season. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's silly season, but it's competitive season, and I think there's a lot of red meat out there that members, excuse me, that uh, candidates, presidential candidates, are seizing upon, be it issues that relates to national security, to the economy, to health care, and uh, I think we're going to we're going to see what happens. I think this is definitely an election that uh, we haven't seen in some time. Uh, that as it appears that you know there's efforts to disrupt uh, perceived establishment um, candidates. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the disruption for certain situations in certain cases uh, is healthy for the process. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, and that, and that makes a that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, you know, one thing I neglect to do, I was so excited to get on here and start talking to you. I, I skipped over a couple of things and I want to make sure and go back and hit those real quick. Um, you know, bottom line is, you know, with entrepreneurs, one of the things that they're always trying to do, no different in your business, uh, Nick, or my business, is that we're always trying to generate, you know, revenues and those kinds of things. And, and with that being said, you know, our uh, show here would not be possible without uh, support from our sponsor. So I definitely want to give them thanks. We've got free electricity, dfw.com and repairmycreditnow.com. And, and my apologies for not mentioning that a little bit earlier, but uh, we definitely want to give credit uh, where credit is due. Um, so, so Nick, you know, I mentioned one of the quotes that, that you've said that I really like, but let me ask you this. Do, do you have a favorite quote? Well, you know, I grew up as a young entrepreneur in my, in my home state of Mississippi. One of my first businesses out was Mico Video, a video production company. I was a stringer for news services and active at a very young age in politics as well as in business. And one uh, quote that really stands out in my mind and it reminds me every day is we have mentor relationships. We're helping folks move forward with their career. But we have to remind people and remind ourselves that as we climb the ladder of success and whatever that may mean in the station of our life, that we should pause on each rung and help someone else on their way up. And I meet with a lot of uh, be it young entrepreneurs, be it uh, young folks entering the political process of coming to serve D.C., 
and I say, you know, I'm taking my time to meet with you, and I'm happy to do it, but I expect you to do it as well. So it's important to instill that and watch folks grow and watch us all grow as we grow together. You know, that, that's fantastic. I think, you know, one, one thing you had mentioned, something um, that kind of was related to that in one of our conversations in the past was uh, something your grandmother had told you. And I think it was something about as, as you climb the ladder of success, you know, pause on each rung and help someone else up. And yeah, that's exactly right. That's you right. know, that's that's very powerful. And, and, you know, nobody ever, you know, is an overnight success. No one is ever. Um, you know, they, they, they're a self-made man or, or woman. There's always others that, that help them accomplish those things. And, and if, and if they don't believe it, then it's just a matter of how, how quickly the, uh, you know, the house of cards can come you know, tumbling down if, if they're not aware of that. But, um, you know, yeah, it's often said, you know, the elevator, uh, you know, it may be uh, slow going up. We can go down quickly. Absolutely. There's no question about that. You know, we're talking a lot about politics on this show because that's a lot of what you do. Now, a good friend of mine, Chris Dunham, uh, he used to uh, basically have a little a little saying that had to do with the word politics. He said it's made up of two words. Now, this is not me. This is my buddy. But anyway, he said poly, meaning many, and ticks, blood-sucking insects. And so he says it's kind of a harsh review, but uh, but I know that you deal with those guys all the time. There's good. There's bad ones. There's all over the place. I'm not asking you to call any of them out on one side or the other, but – you know, it, it takes those volunteers, those people doing that to make stuff happen. And, and, and you know, uh, Nick, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Just just real quick. We've got a minute or so. Um, you know, when you're dealing with politicians, um, they're elected officials. But, you know, I know it's relational. We're going to talk a little bit more about relationships here, you know, in, in, a, in a little later in, in the show. But um, when I've been in D.C. with you, man, I mean, everybody's, you know, shaking your hand, saying, hey, T, hey, let's go hang out, grab, grab something to drink or maybe grab a, grab a lunch. Um, talk about relationships just real quick, how important they are. Well, relationships are critical to success. You know, I, I love Zig Ziglar and, and uh, you know, motivation. One of the great quotes he, he talks about is, you know, they say motivation doesn't uh, last. That's why it's like dating. It's recommended daily. And right. building relationships, uh, genuine relationships, it can happen in this city that is so easy to get jaded in, in various ways. Uh, and I will tell you, you know, relating back to politics on Capitol Hill, these folks come to town to represent their constituents' issues. If they're from Texas, they're not there necessarily to represent someone in California's issues. They're there ultimately to serve the American people, but also uh, to keenly represent their constituents. They are great Democrats, just great Republicans. You know, I, I work for a Republican president. They're good people. They're human. Uh, and I think as a whole, we all want to accomplish things together. And the difference is, is the approach, the strategy. Uh, and it's important to have that. Uh, I think it's healthy for our democracy, and I think certainly our founding fathers originated that. Sure, sure. And I, you know, I think with what you do, it's so important. You know, I, I, there's a uh, an old saying. I think it's an old proverb of some sort that basically says that the time to dig a, a well uh, is is before you need the water. And That's you know, exactly right. With these relationships, you know, it's so important to uh, to establish relationships and have them in place so that when you need something, you, you, you can go to them and explain to them kind of what's going on. So, well, I'll tell you what, as we kind of uh, wrap up here, you know, like us on Facebook or uh, follow us on Twitter. And if you miss any part of the show, I'd like to go back and reference something. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com
Hello, this is Doug Parker with RepairMyCreditNow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com Back in here on Texas Money and Business. So good to have you here for the afternoon. I'm Ron Taylor. Doug Parker is here and your host for Ambitious Radio Network here on the show. And Doug, great to have you here and great to have a great guest uh, as well. Absolutely, yes. Thanks so much for that. And and we've got Nicholas Owens with Magnolia Strategy Partners with us, uh, a firm based out of D.C. that really you know, helps people strategically deal with government affairs issues and, and things along those lines. Nick, how are you, sir? It's great to be with you. Yes, fantastic. Well, hey, right back at you, you know, and, and, and I love talking to you always, and, and I had a couple of things in the last uh, segment I wanted to kind of catch up with you on, and, you know, you had mentioned that that you, uh, you know, you were a, a part of the Small Business Administration, but uh, you kind of just kind of glazed over, but let's talk about that a little bit. So you were appointed by, by George W. Bush as the National Ombudsman for the Small Business Administration, right? That's correct, yes. Man, that is that is quite uh, quite an accomplishment there. So, um, h- how does one go about getting appointed by the president of the United States? Well, you know, it's, it certainly helps to uh, to have experience. And I served five years for the chairman of the I served Chairman Dollar, uh, who's chairman of the National Credit Union Administration, which regulates and ensures uh, the nation's credit unions. And then at the SBA, I had the opportunity of working a focus on regulatory enforcement issues uh, for this opportunity. And of course, I've served. Uh, President Bush uh, for those eight years. And it was really one of the most dynamic, amazing jobs because every day no one came to my office when everything was great. On my desk, you know, the second day on the job, I'm looking at these files. I'm like, they're all complaints. They're all problems. And we had a great team in that office, great folks. And I and I will tell you, uh, it is a true honor to have a small business owner call you with their wits in the back against the wall and to be able to help them and for you to see how you've helped them. Uh, I know one case of a company in South Carolina. He came to me. He invested his life savings with he and his, with his wife. His wife's working full time. He's working to get his business moving. And it was a case where he was importing generators to the foreign trade zone, the Port of Savannah in Georgia. And the customs was one regulatory body that comes by. And then the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Well, one group of inspectors come by and say, everything's fine. You can go ahead and move them on and sell them. So he had his money invested into buying his generators to resale here in the U.S. Then another group came by and said, oh, I can peel this label off, I think. So I'm going to call them all defective, and you have to destroy them, or you have to send them back. Well, he wasn't financially in the capacity to do that. And then they started running up every day thousands of dollars in storage fees. I mean, he was facing a disaster. Well, we took it to a high-level review uh, in the National Ombudsman's Office at the respective agencies, and to their credit, that high-level review allowed for them to really step back and examine a common-sense approach that's safe and sound uh, for for our country uh, and for his business to thrive. He now has three warehouses, over 100 employees. That is a sign of when you have a effective regulatory environment and not excessive, how the economy can grow and how you can flourish in business. 
Sure. No, that, hey, you know what? That is quite a story. And, and I know I'd heard some parts of that in, in the past, but my goodness, you know, you look at having your whole entire, um, you know, life savings, you know, your, your ex sweat equity, I mean, everything else you can imagine tied up in something. And, you know, um, the government regulators, it's, it's kind of that old, that old story about the, you know, the scorpion and the frog swimming across the, the river. And I won't go into it now, but, you know, at the end of it, both of them drowned and, and, and the scorpion, it looks at the frog and the frog says, why did you sting me? And he says, because I'm a scorpion. So, you know, I mean, regulators, they regulate. And right. that's what they're trained to do. And, and not that it's a bad thing. I mean, they're, they're looking out for, for the interest of uh, consumer protection or whatever they've got going on. And they, they uh, regulate because that's what they do. Uh, and it's great to have a healthy tension, I think you, know, you mentioned before, between the regulators and the regulated where there can be Absolutely. dialogue. And, and sometimes it takes a conduit, someone such as yourself or at, you know, at that time the, the uh, ombudsman uh, towards the, the, the Small Business Administration to step in because you know, if I just go call up whoever at a, at a regulatory agency – they or may they may or may not be willing just to to you know welcome me with open arms uh, to, to help That's me. That's absolutely out. right. And I you know, while we're here, I'd love to uh, the, the website. If any of you have uh, any small business owners have any federal regulatory concerns, definitely go slash uh, ombudsman and that will take you directly to the site where you can enter in your comments, concerns, and they'll follow up with you. No, I think that's fantastic, and and you know, um, knowing you and and seeing you in action over the years, I'm sure whoever your your counterpart is that's there now um, is, is probably uh, I'm, I'm sure they're not quite as good as the the great Nicholas Owens, but I, I bet they're pretty good. No, they're quality, great people in that office. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, let me ask you this. I mean, what what really you know? I know you're a Mississippi boy. You grew up in in Mississippi, and then at some point, you know, you kind of got to to D.C., but. Um, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, what did that, uh, what did that look like? I mean, how was it that you went from, uh, from Nico's video to, uh, you know, to, to being the national ombudsman? What did that transition look like and, and how did you wind up getting to DC? Well, it was, it's been quite an adventure. I'll tell you, you know, I've been involved in politics, involved in politics. since I was like 12 years old. You know, there's no small job in politics. It's all important. If you're putting out a yard sign, you're making phone calls, you're contributing to help good candidates, whatever it may be, all the work's important. I started young. I started working first uh, in the campaigns for U.S. Senate Majority Leader, former U.S. Senate Majority Leader Trent Lott, uh, who has been a terrific leader from Mississippi and has been a great friend of mine. And then that transitions into uh, I was working in the healthcare industry and was companies that own hospitals around the country, handling communications, government affairs, and various activities for a chain of hospitals, and then also a healthcare technology company. Well, still active in the political environment and was active in President Bush's uh, election. And then uh, once it was declared he was the winner, uh, I got the phone call to come join the Bush-Cheney transition team, uh, which is the, the process of, of moving in and moving your team into the respective agencies. And then from there, uh, I had the opportunity to go serve with a fellow Mississippian who was named chairman of the National Credit Union Administration. And that was terrific to work with America's credit unions who are people helping people every day. It was terrific. And then the SBA, and then we transitioned uh, to Magnolia Strategy Partners, which I must say Magnolia is a tribute to the Magnolia State, Mississippi. It's been a, it's been a wonderful experience. Feel really blessed. Well, you know, that sounds like quite, you know, quite a story. Now, once you, you know, were serving in, in those capacities, and then at some point you made that decision to, to say, hey, I'm going to do my own business. I've got this experience. I've got these relationships, and now I'm going to go into the private sector. 
and start my own business. For just a minute, let's let's talk about you know some of the things that maybe you considered when you're going through that. I mean, did did you have any fears about you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this thing with both feet and and take off? Well, I always encourage someone that's going to go out in the consultancy business is to have a client before you jump. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's it's better to you, you got to have uh you got to have that sustenance. You got to make some money. And um, yeah, I was very fortunate to to walk out of government and have a terrific client uh, that they they're involved in an alternative financial services industry, and started with that client and then expanded into others. And about eighty percent of our business is relevant to financial services sector. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. So, you, so your strategy was you kind of, uh, kind of lined something up. You know, you didn't go out there uh, hunting on on day one and, and quit. You kind of already had something lined up so that it made sense. You know, you got a little bit, and then you could build upon that after you left. That, that's 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 true. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I walked out of I left government. It was the end of the term, uh, and of course, the new administration was coming in. Uh, President Obama's administration was coming in, so it was a perfect segue. And then went out. We launched the firm. And started with that client. Gotcha. You know, that's one of the things that I often recommend is, you know, to entrepreneurs, there's so you know, a lot of people don't want to work for someone else. That that's one of their primary uh, factors for wanting to to go into business for themselves. However, you know, what I highly recommend is, you know, you do what you're doing, and then do a little bit more. And a little bit more is you find, you know, uh, whatever you're you're wanting to go be an entrepreneur with and jump out there and start a business, do that in the nights and the evenings, do it in the weekends, figure out a game plan where you've got a little bit of momentum going. And then once you build on that momentum, you get to the point where maybe you've got, you know, a quarter or half of the income, you know, coming in that, that you're trying to replace as your full-time income and then say, hey, if I was doing this an additional 40 hours a week, could I re- fully replace my income? And that way you're not jumping off you know, into something where you're in uh, shark-infested waters and, and you wind up drowning. So that's, that's, uh, that's great advice. Glad, I'm glad to hear that's kind of what you did as well. Let me ask this, Nick. What's the best advice um, that, you, that you can recall ever receiving as it related to your business? It's a great question. It, it was really focused on relationships. I mean, you have a knowledge base and surround yourself with people who are smarter than you on a lot of issues. One thing we have a lot of in D.C., besides a lot of times received hot air, we have a lot of information. The inflow of information, the experiences are constantly always moving. And I knew there are certain sectors and certain um, activities in our industry that I need to get stronger in. So it was about relationships and about surrounding yourself with people who, you know, you hear it often from, you know, highly successful people around the country. People who uh, say always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and can get a lot more done for you. So, you know, it's very important. And when you're starting out in a business, you're working in the business, you know, you could say you're, you're changing the water cooler and you're answering the phones and, you know, you're writing checks. Uh, it, it's, it's important at a certain point that you work on the business, not necessarily in it. And because you've got it, unless you have a rainmaker, you've got a, you've got a, lot, of, uh, a lot of issues you've got to deal with. So it's important to, to look at that transition and surround yourself with a great team who can take care of the business. Man, I love that. That is fantastic. And and this segment was brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system, and Autoflex leasing, a better way to lease your next car. Uh, next, we'll be talking to Nicholas Owens at Magnolia Strategy Partners, a little bit more about the ambitious things that he's doing right now, and then kind of what's coming up next on the Ambitious Radio Network.
Back in here on Texas Money and Business, good to have you right here. Doug Parker with Ambitious Radio Network. Once again, a great guest and a great show, Doug. Thanks so much for that, Ron. Yeah, we've got Nick Owens here with Magnolia Strategy Partners, and, and Nick and I have gone you know, way, way back. We met one evening. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. I'll, I'll tell a little bit about it. You know, We were both at the Inc. 500, 5000 Award Ceremony in, uh, in Maryland and uh, at the, uh, uh, the Gaylord National, and we're sitting there, and we happen to sit at the same table, and, and we get to chatting. And, you know, it, it was just kind of small talk, and, and I look over to my left, and there was a guy that happened to be from Frisco, Texas, that I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar, and, and I'd, I'd met him before, and then um, Nick and I just got to chatting, and I had done a service project the day before, and um, I was just talking to him about different things, and we got to talking about uh, some people we might know, and he's like, man, no, you probably wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't know these different folks. I was like, well, hey, who knows? And he, he mentions this one person random in the whole world. I don't know how we really got on that topic, but he says, yeah, there's something. You know, there's this other lady that's here, and, and her name is Lily, and blah, blah, blah. I said, lamb chop Lily? He looked at me like I was the craziest guy ever. And so what we had to do was is I was drumstick Doug, and she was lamb chop Lily, and that's how we kind of remember people's name really quickly at the service project. So Nick and she had gone way back, and, and it was the one person in D.C. for real that I knew and Nick knew her as well. And then after that, it was like destiny. Um, Nick and I just kind of hit it off and got got uh, kind of got connected. And and we've uh, we've worked with his company over the years with our National Trade Association. He's been very influential in helping out the National Association of Credit Services Organizations get connected and and formed and and really plugged in with what's going on the vibe there in in uh, in D.C. But Nick, man, thanks so much for doing the show with us today. Terrific to be with you. Absolutely. Man, I'll tell you what, you know, as we kind of continue on, you know, one, one of the things I asked you about was advice that um, you know, you'd received before. But let me ask you this. If, if you were you know, talking to some entre- young entrepreneurs, you mentioned you do some mentoring to them. What's some of the advice that you would give to someone that's either just started a new business or really thinking about doing that? Well, I think it goes back to the points we were discussing earlier. It's really what is your driving passion? And I look at it from perspective of, you know, many folks who have changed the presidency, they want to come serve the administration. They want to go serve the president. You know, they have the wind at their back. They want to get involved, help solve the major problems of our country. And but then you ask them, well, what do you want to do? Uh, I just want to do whatever. I just want to do anything. No, that's not the right answer. So that's where you throw them the plumb book where all the positions in and start talking about specific. Do you care about education more? Do you care more about health care? The point of this, Doug, is folks need to follow really where their passion is to be most effective and to serve others uh, more effectively. So, you know, it's easy to say, I'm going to go start a business. Well, are you really passionate about that, or do you really drive it into other areas? One of my favorite books is The Entrepreneur's Strength Finder 2.0 by Jim Clifton, chairman of Gallup. I encourage you to get the book. Uh, that is Entrepreneur's Strength Finder 2.0. Okay. And it drills into the point of entrepreneurs identifying uh, the DNA, if you will, of, of a lot of the entrepreneurial passions. Uh, there's online tests. And it really helps you reach into those that may be maybe mentoring others or it may be yourself and you're driving yourself, tutoring yourself. But it really helps you reach deep into your soul and find your passion. Uh, I'm passionate about the work I do for my clients. And if I'm not, they don't need to have me engaged and I don't want to be engaged with them. So it's important. We're all, all, all around more effective when we are passionate about what we care about. I know in your businesses you've been, been involved in, you're passionate about it. And I think it comes across and the customers know you care. Absolutely. No, you know, and it's this is kind of a not not to be too salesy on this, but 
you know, one of the kind of 101 classes of, of sales is sales is a transfer of enthusiasm. You got to get people more excited about your product or service than they are about the resources that they have that are going to commit to that. And so if you can't transfer it, uh, it's a problem. And so I've, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and other radio shows just as I kind of prepare for this. And as it relates to entrepreneurs, one of the, I think I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki the other day, and he had mentioned, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you better have a little bit of salesmanship in you because bottom line is you got to sell people on what you're doing. You got to sell your staff on why you're doing it the way you're doing it. And obviously at some point you got to transition, you know, your product or service to others and get them to give you some money. So, so you've got a business. Otherwise it's just a hobby, something you enjoy to do, you enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, that definitely, uh, it definitely moves it forward past the passion. I just think that's so important, uh, in, in the, original aspect of delving into a new business because you're going to be spending hours on it, uh, spending your life in it. And, uh, definitely you've got to be able to sell. Yeah, no, no question about it. So I see that you're also, you're currently involved in the uh, coalition for responsible business finance. Um, t tell us a little bit more about that organization and how you're involved in it. Well, if we look at the today's economy and I'd say credits better than it was two years ago, three years ago. Uh, but what is a driver, a challenge for small business owners and other uh, business owners across the country, uh, it's often access to credit. Uh, it's not just regulations. It's access to capital, working flow capital, equipment purchases. Uh, that is a key area. So we have a coalition for responsible business finance, which is focusing on those great online small business lenders that are out there providing that credit, that access to capital where they can't get it from their local bank. And a lot of banks, it's just not profitable for them to issue a small business loan. And it's understandable of certain business models and the way capital standards are now for banks, thanks to Dodd-Frank. So if you look at it from that perspective, there's a great role for alternative lenders. And that's a really a, it's becoming more of a booming market. We just want to make sure that it's safe and sound. There's great products out there that small business owners can take advantage of and continue to get access to credit out there in a safe and sound manner. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, so now this is specifically for businesses you're talking about here, right? That's correct. Well, it's, it's focusing a coalition that is involving the online business lending uh, community, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of stuff over the last, you know, several months and 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 year or so that that relate to that. Now I know that there there are some people that are that are critical of like the payday lenders and those kind of things. And you know, I, I guess there's mixed emotions on that. There's people that, um, you know, they're if they don't have those options, they go to they got to get the money somewhere. So they go to some you know somebody that's a loan shark and they break the leg or something. They don't pay them back. Obviously, the the payday lenders are not that way. But is is it kind of a business version of payday? loans or is it something totally different well it, it, it some you know you look at it philosophically you know folks will have a philosophical view on a $200 loan from a payday lender but how about are they going to have that philosophical view when they're the one that needs the $200 to replace some a part on their car to get school supplies keep the lights on in the house so it gets into it on the consumer side you know it's a philosophical issue uh, there's some great companies out there that are providing people short-term loans when they need it and they can count on it. And often you'll find the consumer has better judgment of their budget and their bank account than a regulator. And I think often Washington's driving down philosophical views that are impacting access to credit. So I do think that is an area where we've totally focused to try to provide transparency and make sure consumers and small business owners have access to the credit they need to meet their demands. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Now that makes perfect sense. So let me ask this. What's next for you? I know you've got Magnolia Strategy Partners. You've got this project with the Coalition for Responsible Business Finance. Are there any other uh, little seeds or anything else that you kind of planted out there that you can talk about right now, or, or those kind of got you full, your full plate? Well, you know, I've got, we've got to develop a strategy around Doug Parker for president. Oh, so come if we on can now. move that forward, if we can move that forward, uh, I'll feel like I've achieved a, a good life. Yeah, we need one more one more name there on the ballot. I'm sure that it's uh, it's sort of thin <laughs> out now, and, 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 and now we need to add a couple more. No, I appreciate that, Nick. You and I have talked about stuff, and I, I actually am I'm very appreciative of the uh, folks that, that volunteer, and, and, and there are paid positions, obviously, whenever you get to the federal level with politics, but, man, it, it – you know, it can be just such a, a nasty business as you look at some of the things that come out. And, um, man, it just it's unfortunate, but I'm appreciative of the guys that do do those things. I know you, you made a run one time and and uh, any any uh, any thoughts of doing that again? No, you know, I had often was asked about that when I served as national ombudsman and actually had a view of the Capitol out my window. And I would tell folks, be it an uh, interview similar to this or, or other issues, well, have you thought about running for politics? You're going to do that? I said, you know what? I don't have an office in the Capitol, but I have a view of the Capitol. I like just where I am. Right. I, I have a lot of friends on Capitol Hill uh, who are members, who are staffers. It's, it's served with passion, and that's why a lot of times you hear, uh, you know, uh, critical, high-pitched uh, uh, verbiage used here in the nation's capital because folks are passionate about what they're working on, and we are in a political environment. Sure, sure. Well, let me let me ask you this. So, as we kind of uh, kind of wrap up on this this uh, this part of the show, um, who who's mentoring you, or or you know, who are you following? Any CEOs? Anybody that that our listening audience might be wanting to tune into and, and listen to? Well, there's there's so many great entrepreneurs out there who are helping people, helping communities spur entrepreneurship. I look at somebody like Dan Gilbert uh, of Quicken Loans. What he's done to build that company has been phenomenal what he's doing to spur that entrepreneurship spirit in uh, Detroit is amazing. So, you know, I've had many throughout my life, you know, Ted Turner was early on. Donald Trump's been, you know, the art of the deal. That book, you know, back in, uh, I guess, back to the 80s and 90s. Um, Kevin Plank's doing great things in the world of entrepreneurship. Mark Cuban, you know, regardless, you know, we can watch Shark Tank. Regardless of what you have your personal views of these folks, they have had the same tenacity, the same grit, and there's a saying, grit happens, and mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's really what uh, what drives, and I think we're finding that they have some of the hottest entrepreneurial ideas and thought-provoking ideas out there, and I, I just appreciate uh, being able to listen to them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you. I really do. We've got Nicholas Owens, Magnolia Strategy Partners here with us today. And after we hear from our sponsors, we'll be discussing with Nick kind of what he does to recharge that ambitious mind, body, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way. And that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. 
They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. And we are back here on Texas Money and Business here on KEXP, experts in business. And one of the experts, Doug Parker, Ambitious Radio Network. Doug? Yes, sir. Hey, Ron, thanks again for everything that you do, kind of running the controls and keeping everything in line, keeping us on time, all those types of things. And, you know, we're going to talk now about recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit. And all that's going to be made possible by all3reports.com. That's all the number three reports.com and repairmycreditnow.com. So, Nick, we're going to ask a few questions of you, and, and they can be relatively, you know, kind of short questions, but you can elaborate if, if you'd like to. But we just want to know kind of what do you do to recharge your mind, your body, your spirit? So a couple of things. Uh, number one, what types of things kind of fill you? You know, that, that you know, there's things that drain you, obviously, uh, but what types of things fill you back up? Well, getting out of the nation's capital, I'll okay. tell you. You know, I'm a country boy in my spirit. And I, I really like to, to get out of this town and go to the country, even if it's an hour away. Um, there's beautiful land around here that I feel like I'm back home in my great state of Mississippi. I love to go home. I uh, really regain sustenance by uh, being out of here. We consume, as I said earlier, a lot of information. There's just a constant, uh, you know, we often we say in our business we get paid to be paranoid, so my clients don't have to be paranoid. And uh, so we constantly have to. It's a great point to say uh, recharge. You have to get out of here and and collect your uh, collect your minds. I'd say uh, much more effectively to come back and work hard. Gotcha. That makes sense. So just kind of a just, you know favorite movies, things like that. Do you have, do you have a favorite movie you like to watch? You know, I'm on an all time take it back way back machine. Michael J. Fox, The Secret of My Success. Okay. It was an inspiring movie. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and I, every time it's on, I always have to sit and watch it again. You know, it's kind of crazy, man. When you were saying that, I, I didn't have any idea what you were going with. It. I thought maybe you were going to hit me with Back to the Future or something. But you know what? I I, uh, I remember that movie, and that just kind of prompts me to want to go back and watch it myself. That's good stuff. Yeah. Now, you, you also mentioned that you know you like to travel and, and recharge. So um, you know, what, what parts of the country or the world do you like to travel to? Well, you know, time is a precious commodity here, so we don't get a lot of time off to travel. Uh, August is congressional recess, so the town pretty much empties out a lot uh, during that time. Uh, but in the summer, I enjoy going to Maine. Great cottage up there. I mean, you're out 10 miles out in the Casco Bay. It's just beautiful to be there. And, uh, of course, I also had to go south of the border. I had to go to Maroma, Mexico, which is the small resort 30 minutes south of Cancun, 30 minutes north of Palada Carmen. It's an amazing little resort. That uh, is just beautiful. And then, of course, just over to our east, uh, Bermuda is a wonderful, wonderful place to escape to. Gotcha. Now, how, how far is Bermuda from uh, from D.C.? Well, it's a couple-hour flight, but it's okay. uh, due out east, but um, is it 90 miles maybe from um, North Carolina. Well, it's due east out from North Carolina. Gotcha, gotcha. You got to fly down a little bit south there, so that makes sense. And then, um, now, I know you love to go home to Mississippi. Love to be on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Can't uh, can't beat being home with family and friends and and gumbo and good times back home. 
Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Different entrepreneurs, you know, give different answers to different things, obviously. But uh, I always like to ask everyone, how much sleep do you get? You know, it really varies because this town, again, in D.C., there's so much happening at night that requires so much of your commitment, be it conferences in town, uh, be it political events we're involved in. And first thing in the morning, I want to know more about my clients' business activities than they do uh, as far as issues impacting their industry, their businesses. So we consume a lot of information uh, in the morning, a lot of media resources. So I'm up um, usually by five. I'd say I'd get about four, four to six hours sleep a night. Man, that is, uh, that's not much sleep, man. I, I've got to get, I got to get around eight. So, man, I don't know how you guys do it that can operate on that little sleep, but, but I'm appreciative of it. Like I said, knowing you firsthand and working with you, uh, appreciate all that hard work there and, and lack well, of sleep. I will tell you, you know, during the week, it's, it's really intense during the week, but come the weekend, when other folks may want to be going out, I want to stay home. <laughs> right. Now, that that's makes a, sense. another way to recharge. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, um, you know, when it comes to work-life balance, I mean, you hear that a whole lot, Nick. Um, do, do you believe that that's a possibility or is it you work when you work and you balance life, you know, the rest of it, the home life some other time? How, how does that work out for you? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I really don't believe in that. I mean, I, I believe if you – love what you do and uh, you're, you're not working. But I, I get the, the point of it, uh, but I'd say, you know, I read a, a quote the other day that if you love what you do, you're not having to work every day, it's a holiday. Uh, but a lot of folks work hard, tirelessly every day. Uh, but I'd I tell you, I, I love my work. I don't feel, quote, stressed exceedingly uh, on a matter. So it's, um, I, I'd say I have a, a, a even balance. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let me ask this. If someone wanted to get in touch with you or in some situations they needed to get in touch with you, they've got something going on and they need help. Um, how would they go about doing that, Nick? Sure. They could uh, send an email to our office at dc at magnoliastrategy.com. That is dc at magnoliastrategy.com. And our telephone number is 202-495-0701. 202-495-0701. Perfect. I'll, I'll put that on the site on the uh, on the show page uh, that, that you'll be on. We'll get that up uh, uploaded, and it should be on before the end of this show today. So they'll have your email. And that was DC as in like District of Columbia at magnoliastrategy.com? That's correct, yes. Fantastic. All right. Well, cool. Well, so I appreciate you, you know, spending the time with us. Um, one thing that we like to do at the end of every show is, is really just give a little information as it relates to credit and, and those types of things so that uh, folks can make sure to protect their, their credit. And we talked about business finance a little earlier in the calls. I mean, a little earlier in the show. So with that being said, um, I want to touch on that business finance. So many uh, individuals will actually take their personal credit cards and run their businesses off their personal credit cards. And that is very dangerous territory for a couple of reasons. Number one, they wind up maxing out credit cards, even if they're paying them off because their business needs far exceed their personal uh, financial needs. And so a lot of times they could be spending 10, 15, 20 grand a month on their business to make it operate. And they've got the cash flow to handle it, uh, but they're, they're, they're maxing out their credit cards and that can really negatively impact your, uh, your, your credit scores. Number two is that whenever things get tough and tight, if it's on your personal credit, it will, you know, it'll run your credit if, if you have to kind of uh, go down that path. So uh, I know that Nick had mentioned that there are some, some things that are kind of coming down the pike with the Coalition for Responsible Business Finance, but I know there are also business lenders out there 
that if you're strategic about it, you can establish business credit, do things that you're not having to personal guarantee or have to put on your personal credit cards. And I highly recommend that you do that as opposed to just whipping out your Visa or MasterCard because nobody ever plans for failure. But if you if you fail to plan, then you are planning to fail. So anyway, make sure that you put a plan together for that. And uh, as we kind of wrap up here, thanks once again to Nicholas Owens, Magnolia Strategy Partners. Uh, look him up if you have any need for government affairs uh, issues, things along those lines in, in the D.C. area. Great guy. I've worked with him personally for years. And I uh, want to thank our, our sponsors here. We couldn't do it without you guys. We'll wrap up with FreeElectricityDFW.com, RepairMyCreditNow.com, and AutoFlex Leasing. Tune in on Wednesdays to the Ambitious Radio Network. We'll interview interesting thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs that are changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Go out there and be ambitious. <laughs>